In the Oscar-winning movie Gladiator, Maximus screams at the crowd at one point, Are you not entertained? There are days I relate to this more than I ever thought I would. Welcome to the Strive, Seek, Find podcast. I'm your host, Chance Whitmore. There are certain phrases that you use at your own risk in my house. And the words, I'm bored, is among the riskiest. Well, at least according to the girls, that is. But is boredom a bad thing? Should we, or our kids, or our friends, or anyone at all, be entertained, in quotes, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year? The short answers to this are no. And, well, no again. Now let's get started. At our house, when you have spare time on your hands and are quote-unquote bored enough to state it, well, my wife and I feel that we have a responsibility of care. And while care in this case does not involve kicking up the TV or renting something for them or running to the park in those cases, it does involve the long list of chores that are then provided. And then I'm always surprised at how suddenly everyone moves from bored to entertained as they scurry to creatively avoid the list of chores. More to the point, as my middle daughter is fond of saying when she's frustrated, generally while holding the toilet wand after being assigned a job, it's a trap. And yes, she does know what reference that is. There seems to be a movement in modern society, especially among parents and grandparents, that it is somehow our duty to keep our children continuously busy, engaged, or entertained. Whether it is summer camps or club sports or trips to the trampoline park or tickets to the water park, we keep kids rolling with very little downtime. And with the downtime they get comes more distractions. Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Xbox, PlayStation. Because we enjoy them. Because they enjoy them. They distract us. Or, at least on the surface, they fight off boredom. And as a side note here, I'd like to interject. Any of those things I described, in moderation... There's nothing wrong with. The problem is when it becomes all-encompassing. So why exactly are we so desperate to avoid boredom? Is it because we're uncomfortable in the quiet of our own thoughts? Or is it because while seeking distraction, we can disconnect and be less self-aware? Are we really afraid to know ourselves? In any case... Let's talk about a few of the benefits of boredom. Start with creativity. Giving your mind the opportunity to roam and play is where you are going to get some of your best ideas. Sometimes our subconscious provides us with our best ideas when we're least expecting them. We're letting our mind roam and play a little bit. A chance to be reflective, both self and externally. A chance to understand yourself a little better 
think through a problem, or understand those around you and what their motivations are. A chance as you reflect to assess your values, to consider your purpose, to solve a problem, to experiment, and to create. Now let's throw ourselves into the time before constant distraction. We're not going too far back. You're not following your wagon train across the country or anything. Just a few decades to a time of two channels, or sometimes less, without video games. When sports was in a season, not year-round clubs. Try to think about what you did at the time. So I'll give you two brief examples. Let's talk summertime. When there wasn't work to be done around the farm, rather than entertain us, we were told to entertain ourselves, or at least get out of the house. And this makes sense, because the house wasn't really big, there was no air conditioning, and there were four of us. It was kind of a recipe for some sort of knockdown, drag out fight if you just stayed there and were quote-unquote bored. So you could sit and do nothing outside, or you could go hike the farm or the canyon below it, create games and tell stories, or our favorite, disappearing and taking care of ourselves until we hear the whistle to come home for the evening meal. Because if you were out of sight, you were out of mind, and the likelihood of ending up with another job went way down. The same time period, this could cross apply to people living in neighborhoods. Because in the, the old days, you'd go ride a bike and or walk, and you'd find your buddies, and you'd be five miles away from home, and your folks wouldn't know as long as you made it back home for dinner on time. My second example comes from one of the many, many times growing up when we were snowed in. Sometimes for more than a week. And for most of my growing up years, that meant lots of reading, whatever you had on hand, because the idea of a Kindle was still more than a decade away. It meant board games or cards. It meant conversations about what you read or thought about with your siblings or your parents. In fact, I'd say I learned more about both my parents and certain subjects like history than I would have had we had mass quantities of entertainment. This is obviously on top of carrying wood, shoveling, feeding animals, and whatnot. But there was more time, and you had to figure out how to fill it yourself. Whether it was digging a snow cave, or when I was about 18, 19, getting a idea, a flash of inspiration, and sitting down and writing my first short story as an adult, or at least what I thought an adult was at the time, in one sitting in front of the keyboard, and keep in mind it was a typewriter at the time, about four hours became 18 pages, because I'd been daydreaming, and the images that came out of it became my science fiction short story, The Hunt one of my favorite things I ever wrote. Now, I'm not saying get rid of video games or streaming. We have them. You should enjoy them and use them appropriately. And the same holds true for most forms of distraction we have today. In moderation, what I'm saying is that by giving us ourselves an opportunity to be just a little bit, quote-unquote, bored, 
and live in our own head for a while, you will find yourself being a more creative and balanced person. So use those distractions purposefully and give yourself time and space to be a little bored, a little thoughtful, and grow a bit. Because who knows? Maybe something amazing will come out of it. Worth mentioning. Football has been big money for decades. Love or hate it, and I generally love it, you have to recognize that it moves the dial in this country. And the NFL is the biggest dial mover of them all. Nowhere is this more clear than the absolute obscene amount of money flowing into the NFL's coffers. And only the latest example of this comes indirectly from the sale of the Denver Broncos. Slated to come in at the range of $4.5 billion, it has started conversations. Which brings us to the always engaging Peter King and his Football Morning in America column, where he posits that we are close to the first $10 billion franchise. In fact, there are some owners that claim that right now they could get $10 billion for those when a less relevant team like the Broncos is going for four point five. So if you like football, or you just want a front row seat to see the things that we really value in this country, read this column. Link in the podcast description. That's it for this week's episode of Strive, Seek, Find. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the show, please leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. For other methods of supporting the show, like buying me a coffee, or to contact me to provide feedback, click on the links in the description below the podcast. Once again, thanks for listening. Until next time, keep seeking your own brilliant future.